last Sunday, we read three verses of Scripture. And although we only got to the first one, I want today, and, and I know, again, we've got the Lord's Supper and all, but I want to put these three verses together, okay? Uh, and let me read these three verses before we pray. First of all, Philippians uh, 4.13, and would you say this with me? Because I know that most of you, most of you have this verse committed to memory. Also, in your bulletin was this little card with this verse on it. I hope that if you didn't this past week find a place to put this in your vehicle or on your refrigerator or in whatever you use on a day-to-day basis that will remind you and I of the truth of this verse. But let's say this verse together. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. In the other two verses, in Luke chapter 9, verse 23, listen to this, and I'll just read it. And he said to all, and please notice here that Jesus is not speaking to just the twelve, but he is speaking to all. He said to all, if any man would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. And then in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, I have been crucified with Christ. You know, again, I love to just personalize things in the Bible where it says, I, just put your name, all right? I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, that is, as a human being, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word Lord, because it is inspired of your spirit, we know that it is truth. Father, forgive us when we do not allow your word to penetrate our hearts and minds in order that we might bear on a day-to-day basis the image of your Son. And Father, I pray for each one of us. Lord, it's a struggle to follow your Son. It's a struggle to be a Christian. It's a struggle to be... God-like if we try and do it on our own. So help us to see that if we're willing to be crucified with Christ, it will no longer be we who live, but Christ who lives in us. Oh God, please speak your truth through me in the moments ahead. For we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Last Sunday, we posed this question, can we live for Jesus? And I hope this week that you you did some serious thinking about this. And I know that one of the first things that happens is we begin to doubt. We think about all of our failures. We think about how we're just not cut out for that. Maybe someone else can just surrender completely and totally to Jesus and live their life for him, but it's not for me. But last week, we we mentioned three things that I want to point out once again. I'm going to be very brief from last week, okay? We can live for Jesus because, first of all, our God is alive. God created us. He is able to do far greater things within us than we could have ever imagined. Secondly, our Savior is alive. And if you have doubts about that, you need to revisit whether or not you are born again into the kingdom of God because a dead Jesus cannot save you. All right. 
We need to ask ourselves, are, are we serving a living Jesus? He is alive. You know, I thought about it. Maybe you feel cheated that I haven't preached on resurrection yet. We only got two Sundays before, before Easter. And I apologize for that. But I think the truth that we need to understand is that Jesus wants to live in us. He's alive. He's well. And he's very, very powerful, more powerful than any other person or thing or being that we might know. Jesus is alive. So we can be alive in Christ. We can live for him. And the third thing was there are so many examples in the word of God of people that went beyond and were able to do supernatural things because they had a supernatural power, which is God living in us. And one of the finest examples of that is found in in these verses, especially in Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. But let me say this, and then we'll get started. Because our Savior is alive, we must live in the power of the resurrected Lord. When Jesus was put to death on the cross, Satan wanted to keep him in the tomb outside Jerusalem. But thank God, God the Father raised him from the dead. Jesus is alive today and is reigning and will soon be returning, I believe. But folks, just as Satan wanted to keep Jesus in the tomb, Satan seeks to entomb you and I as Christians in doubt and fear, in self-centered indulgence and in disobedience. But Jesus invites us to come to him and he will fill us with a living power. Remember again what he told his disciples, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. So we looked at Philippians 4.13 last week, and again, I want to encourage you to understand that Paul is saying that I can, you can, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. If we try and live for Jesus on our own power and strength, we will falter and fail. But if we surrender ourselves to his presence and his power and his will, we'll have a power from him. Well, I want to look at these other two verses this morning, and we'll do this not quickly, but very briefly, okay? Look first of all at Luke chapter 9, verse 23. We've already had that on the, on the screen. And folks, let me read that verse to you again, okay? Luke 9:22. okay? I mean, excuse me, 23. We got 22 on the screen because this is the verse before verse 23, obviously. But listen to verse 23 again. Jesus said to all, if any man would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. But listen to verse 22. It's on the overhead. This is what he said to them before he said that verse, saying, the son of man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. Jesus would suffer many things. He knew that, and he's telling that. He would be rejected by the Jewish religious leaders. You know, some of the most harsh rejection Jesus received was from the people that made up the religious community. And sometimes, folks, I feel that's true in our day. Our Lord is not allowed not only to be in our hearts, but even in our churches sometimes. And Jesus was rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes because they had misinterpreted the word of God and had no desire to humble themselves and serve God. And Jesus told them that he would be killed. The cross, 
his crucifixion was awaiting him, but thank God he would be raised on the third day. And as you and I read the entire gospel stories, you and I know that this is exactly what happens to Jesus. But folks, at this point in time, the disciples did not understand. But folks, you and I should. We've got the full gospel. We know exactly what happened. Jesus had to die for you and me as Bill has already sung because his blood is what takes away our sin. As John the Baptist says, when he first sees Jesus, according to the gospel of John, this is the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Jesus knew that he would die. That was God's purpose. He would become our sin bearer. And we've, we've talked about that a couple of weeks ago when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane. And folks, let me point something out. As Jesus talks about his death in verse 22, he talks about the death of the disciples in verse 23. Now, I want you to just don't get excited yet when we talk about death, okay? Listen to this. Jesus does not stop with a private announcement of his own death, but he makes a public declaration about the cross for every disciple. And he is not just speaking to the twelve, but to all who are following him at that moment. And this is what Jesus says. Now, now again, folks, don't turn away from this passage of Scripture. Don't cut me off till you hear what I believe is going on right here. This, in, in recent weeks, God has given me a new understanding of what Jesus is talking about here, okay? But listen to what Jesus said to those disciples in Luke 9:23. If a man's going to follow him, he must deny himself. Deny himself. You know what that means? And probably all of us would have a different definition, but I think very simply put, it is to say no to ourselves and yes to Christ. That's a hard thing to do, isn't it? And being very honest. We must deny ourselves. We must take up our cross. And folks, again, I think, first of all, Jesus is wanting us to acknowledge that he is our Lord and that we are identifying with him. If our Lord would die on a cross, so you and I should be willing to also. Again, just hold on to these thoughts, okay? And Jesus says, take up his cross not one day a week, but he says daily. Every single day. We are give to give a whole surrender of ourselves to Christ. And then Jesus says he can follow me. That is, wherever Christ leads, then we would be willing to follow. You know a lot about the cross already, but let me remind you of some things. In the Roman world, the cross was a symbol of shame, of suffering, and rejection. It was the most despicable way to die. And crucifixion was not something that was mentioned in polite conversation. And no one of that day would have worn a cross. Now, I'm not, if you're wearing a cross, that's good. Because it is a symbol of our faith in Jesus Christ. But wearing a cross in Jesus' day would have been, in our day, like wearing a silver or gold electric chair. And I'm not trying to be sarcastic here. The cross was a place where supposed criminals were put to death. And you and I know the story that Jesus is without sin according to the word of God. But there were two robbers that were hanged there 
beside him. It was a place used to shame someone to show the rejection of that person. Now, folks, in this verse is Jesus asking you and I to kill ourselves. And, folks, you and I know that many of the early disciples, the early church, and even in today's time, many Christians are being killed for their faith. Folks, in the United States, many of us would refer to our cross as some burden, some hardship that we must endure. And I've been guilty. You've been guilty of saying if some hardship, you were facing some hardship, you would simply say, well, it's just a cross that I must endure. But what does this have to do with living for Jesus, this cross? Well, folks, listen to what Paul says in Galatians 2.20. Do you mind going back up to that, Steve, if you would? Thank you. Listen to this. I have been crucified with Christ. And folks, literally in the Greek, one commentator says, Paul is writing, I have been and now am crucified with Christ. Paul is saying this is not something that just happened one time, but this is something that must happen every day. And and folks, again, just for a moment, and I've tried to absorb what Paul is saying here. Paul wasn't one of the other two men crucified with Jesus on Calvary's hill. So what is Paul trying to say? Well, Steve, do you mind going to Romans chapter 6 now? Listen to these verses in Romans 6, verses 5, 6, 7, and 8. For if we have been united with him in a death like his. Now listen to this, folks. Paul, I think, is speaking figuratively here. None of us have been crucified on a Roman cross. But when we surrender ourselves to Jesus, the old man is put to death, just like Jesus died on the cross. Listen to this. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. And folks, is he just talking about the resurrection at the end of life? I don't think just that. I think he is saying when you and I surrender ourselves over to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, when we are so committed to him, the old man has been put to death in us, and we are raised to live in the power and the strength of God's Son, Jesus. And folks, that's what we need. In our day, don't we? All of us, we need the power of the resurrected living Lord in us so that we can not only bear witness for Christ, but we can win the victory over the personal sins that you and I are tempted to commit each and every day. And I believe this is what Paul is saying. We've got to die in Christ. But as we die in Christ, he will raise us up to live for him. Listen to what he says in verse 6. We know that our old self was crucified with him. Folks, you and I understand that when you and I became a Christian, a believer, that old man is put to death unless we bring him back up. Now listen to this, folks. You and I, and I'm going to get ahead of myself, but... You and I can either choose to live in the power of strength of Jesus Christ or we can choose to live in the power and strength of the old man which caves into sin all the time. You know that? 
Listen to what he says. We know that our old self was crucified with him so that the sinful body might be destroyed and we might no longer be enslaved to sin. And folks, we're living in a world that is enslaved to sin right now. Every generation has been enslaved to sin because our natural tendency is to be disobedient to God and get out of his will and do our thing as it used to be called in the 60s and 70s. And folks, that's where you and I must realize as a Christian, we've been freed from that. When we were born again into the kingdom of God, list of verse 7, for he who has died is freed from sin. But if we have died with Christ, listen to verse 8, If we have died with Christ, that is, we have come to know the Lord, we have turned, we've repented of sin and turned to Christ, we have died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. And it's not talking about just simply a future date. It is talking about living in the power and strength of Jesus Christ right now. Folks, how can we realize that? Well, folks, listen to what Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. And this is a verse I'm sure all of us know. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is what? A new creation or creature, as the King James says it. The old has passed away. And again, folks, I think when we put all these things together, this is how we learn to live for Jesus Christ. That old man, that old sinful nature that wants to raise his head all the time, that was defeated at the cross, that was taken from us and, and, and saved, so to speak, when we ask Christ to come in our, our heart, we must deliberately choose to let that reign and rule in us. Paul says, the old has passed away, the new has come. Folks, when Jesus died, he was raised. And when you and I die in Christ as sinful people, Jesus gives us the new birth and the new creation in Christ, and then we can live for him. And going back to Galatians 2.20, and again, Steve, if you'll go back to that verse, Galatians 2.20. I'm sorry, Steve, to ask you to keep doing that, but if you'll go back to 2.20, Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. Look at this next phrase. It is no longer I who live. Folks, listen. We don't live the Christian life in our own strength and power. If we do, guess what? We're going to fail. We always do, don't we? How many of us can testify that when we try, we say, I can do this, I can handle this, God, I don't need your help. Guess what? That's when we fail. But he says, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Folks, Take that to the bank. It's Christ who lives in us. How can we live for Jesus? Simply let him to live in us. Listen to what he says. In the life I now live in the flesh, that is, as a human being, I now live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Folks, let me give you just several more notes and I'll close, okay? Paul died spiritually in Acts chapter 9. His name had been Saul, and to show the difference in the man, he was given the name Paul. Folks, listen. The day that we were born into the kingdom of God, Jesus came to dwell in us through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what he says in the Gospel of John. Folks, we can live for Jesus because Jesus is living in us. And, folks, our problem, it seems, is a management problem. 
we want to be in charge. Is that not true? I know from experience, we want to be in charge. And that's why Paul says we must be crucified with Christ. Later on in the book of Colossians in chapter 3, and it's a beautiful chapter to read, Paul is talking about the struggles of a Christian. And he says, beginning in verse 5, and I'm not going to read this, it's not going to be on the overhead, but he says, put to death therefore what is earthly in you. You know, just because we're born again and we become Christians does not mean that we're going to battle, not battle with sin. And folks, Satan wants to continue to tempt us in the same areas that we were tempted in before we trusted Christ as Savior. Paul says, put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. And then beginning in verse 12 of Colossians 3, he says, put on then. But folks, again, look at the progression and the revelation of these words in Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live. The old man is no longer in control, but Christ who lives in me. It's not our power, but Christ's power. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Let me give you a quote from Warren Wiersbe. If Jesus loved me enough to give himself for me, then he loves me enough to live out his life in me. Can I read that to you again? Let me put it a little bit more personal. If Jesus loved us enough to give himself for us, then he loves us enough to live out his life in us. And folks, here's the answer to the question. How can we live for Jesus? When we die to self, we open the door to Christ living in us. Living for Jesus becomes an outward expression of what Christ's inward presence is doing within us. And so, folks, we began last Sunday with this question. Can we live for Jesus? And the Word of God says, yes, we can. And may we do that. Let us pray. Father, encourage us that we don't have to be bound by the sins of our past or even sins that Satan would tempt us to commit to do right now that would lead us away from full and complete surrender to your will. Father, so many people need a Christ-like example around them. Lord, there's so many more people outside the doors of this church than there are on the inside. So many people that need the witness of the gospel. So many people that need to turn to your Son. And help us to see that it is your plan to use each one of us, to use this church as well as all churches to bear witness to what Christ can do in a person's life and heart if they'll surrender to Him. And so, Father, I pray. I pray for each one of us. Perhaps there are things that you've been trying to get us to do for you for years now, and we've, we've kept saying, we can't do that. We can't do that. Lord, help us to understand that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Oh God, have your way and your will in these moments of invitation. For we ask in Christ's name. Amen. We want to give an invitation today because the word of